This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. Welcome to the Blank Podcast, the podcast where we talk to well-known people about their lives, their careers, and negotiating those difficult moments along the way. I'm Giles Perry Phillips, and with me is my co-host, co-pilot, co-anchor, uh, co-friend, Jim Daly. Co-friend? Yeah, Who I, I was sharing me with um, <laughs> the world. Thank you. Um, you've got that intro now, though. The um the actual spiel at the top but I still can't remember you, you've got it absolutely smashed I think it helps if you do it quicker I've noticed yeah yeah you don't think about it's, it then it's very good it's very good um how are you uh it's good to be back with another episode the, yeah, the sun is shining it stopped snowing yeah, it's been it's remaining here reason. actually um we've had all sorts of weathers this week it's been a real yeah. cacophony of weathers we've had snow sleet Hail, rain, yeah. sunshine. I got sunburnt, and the next day I had the fire on in the lounge. We drove. Um, <laughs> oh, I've got an announcement I can make. Actually, we drove. Miranda and I drove back from the hospital yesterday, and um, as we left, it was bright sunshine. And then we drove. As we then drove out onto the main road, there was suddenly like you know when clouds come out and that sort of like dusk falls on you. Mm. And as we're going up the hills, so in Wickham, there's a really long hill as you drive out of it. I could see the snow about halfway up the hill falling but it wasn't on us yet and we like drove oh, so you're driving into, into the it. snowstorm it was mad oh. it was about half a mile and we'd had three three different um weathers it was yeah it was bizarre yeah what's going on with the weather weird i don't know come on you sort it out weather people yeah um no i should probably say though because i have just mentioned hospital as well mm. um that um my wife is miranda is pregnant hey well, second time yeah so con- massive got... congratulations to the Thanks, daily household man. what am i doing i've already got one no, <laughs> um, second one's easier yeah. second one's easier i hope so I yeah really third hope. one easier still <laughs> yeah by the time you get to four or five notice. i mean yeah. my yeah my sister-in-law's got five um really yeah and apparently five. it gets easier I mean, we, you feel, as as sort of, you know, we don't see them all the time. So because they're in the, the States, like this morning, we were talking about them with um, and we were trying to remember their names. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not joking. Um, but yeah, it, I would but, actually yeah. I'd struggle with five kids actually at that point. I'm probably trying to remember all their names. Yeah, um, it's a lot to take in. Five a side team, though, in many ways. Five a side team. Perfect. No, that, it's great. No, and, and I think, yeah, I think it's it's lovely. You know, it's lovely if you've got, you know, if you want a big family, that's fantastic. But yeah, massive yeah. congrats anyway, Jim. That's fantastic Thanks, news. Are you yeah, going to find out the sex of this? Yes. The gender, I should time. say, the gender yeah. of your yeah. child. We didn't last time, but we are this time, yeah. yeah. Mainly so we can prep our daughter, Maria. Exactly. I think. So, yeah. So she's very excited. Um, as are we. So it's great. But yeah. we had the scan. That's what we're having this week and everything seems good. Fantastic. Um, which is great. So, yeah. very. So uh, 12th of October is the due date. Oh, it's uh, near my birthday. There you go. Three days great late. If, she's, if he or she is three days late, it'll be on my birthday. Ah, there you go. So I'll, you'll I'll, never I'll, forget I'll my birthday again. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Um, 
so yeah, we're very happy. We're very happy. But, yeah. uh, but it's been a mad week. We had that. I had um, gastroenteritis this week. Oh, so mate. it's just been yeah, it's been. Uh, I, I had what? Well, yeah. So Monday, I realised I was overweight. Like I did what on the BMI? BMI? I did the BMI thing. Yeah, that's bollocks, mate. Was, well, I I've definitely felt like I've been putting on weight recently. So I know first of my life ever, I was like, oh, I'm overweight. So I thought, okay, right. I'll be, I'll be thinking about losing weight. I'm going to go and do something. So I went for a run and then came back and like check. I know you're not supposed to check like once a day. I oh, so the BMI anyway. gone down then, did it? And it had gone down. It, it, basically, I was only just over. So it crept back under and I was like, healthy weight again. Done. I was like, this is, e- <laughs> this is easy. Uh, but then uh, my body was like, <laughs> you want to lose weight? And gave me gastroenteritis. So I didn't eat mm. for three days. So funnily enough, then I lost like another sort of half a stone. Um, it's and not the, good weight loss, iron- is it? No, it's not good. It is horrible. And the ironic thing about that is the only way to feel better is to eat something because you've lost so much, like whatever. Um, but you don't want to eat. So you know, yeah. it took me three hours to like eat a banana to, to get up the um, to get up the the motivation to eat a banana. Because I was so nervous about being sick, but it, and then actually I felt great. I ate the banana, but it, you, it's a horrible mm. little phase to be in. So yeah, because sort of come out of that now. Yeah, because you don't want to sort of you sort of avoid carbs and and dairy really when you feel like that because you don't, there's too much, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think yeah, so I was having toast and bananas. And yeah, like and they say broths are quite good, but well, I wanted solid stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so that's been my week. Wow, I've really unloaded. Um, how's your week been? Not as exciting as that, um, <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. Um, it's been quite a normal week, so um, right. but I'm thankful for that. <laughs> There's normal been week's no, good. Yeah, normal week's normal good. Is good. No, that's exciting. You've had we've had a whole mixture of emotions there. Then, yeah, it's been yeah, <laughs> it's been a whole week of emotions, but all good. You know, it's I'm ending it on a great one, and I'm ending the week actually. To be fair, on an absolutely lovely, funny, brilliant chat with the wonderful Tom Spate. And this is just such, this is such a joyous episode. Oh, it was so fun and lovely. And uh, Tom's just great company. Um, I knew he would be when I asked him to come on, but um, yeah, it was such a good fun. And we, we go off on all sorts of tangents. We talk about stag nights and obviously we do talk a bit about his music occasionally, but we talked about <laughs> Batman and stag yeah. nights and um, favorite albums and albums we'd like to service be. Service stations. Yeah, service stations and albums we'd like to be flies on the wall for oh, recordings of and yeah, all yeah. sorts of things. So yeah, it was a really, really good eclectic. But they're, they're, mo- they're often the most fun chats, aren't they? When it's just a, sort of this yeah. sort of organic, eclectic mix of stuff. Um, yeah. That, yeah. Well, I think, yeah, when you get a podcast at their best, when it feels like everyone in there chatting has known each other for years. And I think mm. Tom was someone where we just instantly were like, I feel like I've known him for ages and just like chat about anything. And I think, I hope that those make the best chats. And it was just very free and easy. And he's asking us questions and we're going off on tangents. And yeah, but in, in between that, there's some lovely stuff about his music career, his writing process, and some of his anxieties and stuff like that. It's, you know, it's, it's a lovely mix, this. Um, but he was just so easy to talk to. Um, and a great guy and a great musician as well. And uh, I think you said he's got a new album coming out as well. Mm. So make we'll put we'll put details in the show notes as well uh, on whatever app you're you're listening to this. And but do make sure you check him out um, because he's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, he's a brilliant singer songwriter, and um, yes, yeah, done some incredible stuff. And we you know talked about doing sessions with Paul McCartney and yes. and um, obviously he's done lots of touring and he's doing like a lounge tour at the moment where he's going to people's you know very intimate Love gigs that. in people's yeah. houses, which is really great. Uh, so yeah, really, really great company. And, um, I mean, the only thing is you and I keep tra- talking over each other cause we're so desperate to get a question in. 
<laughs> we um, had, yeah, we had one of those days where we were just like, just, I guess, on the same wavelength. I guess just really, yeah, normally just we're quite good, aren't we? Interrupting each other. Really like, like now, like I just talked over you there. So, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, I, I, think it, I think it shows that, yeah, we were both just, we had so many questions to Tom as well. I'm just clearly enjoying the chat. I'm wanting to go with, I think in some episodes, we're very good at just like, okay, it's your turn, it's my turn. But I think we're just enjoying it so much to sort of jump in. I think that's the mark of a sort of fun conversation. And I should say as well, the Paul McCartney stuff, we've asked Tom or Tom what Paul McCartney said to him mm. uh, while he played for him um, in our patron-only section. And it's lovely. It's really, really nice. It's a lovely quote from Paul McCartney. Um, so uh, listen to that at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash uh, blank podcast where we have every week we have a little bit extra from our guests um, for our patrons so if you want to hear that then please do sign up and it's cheap as chips isn't it? like four dollars a month or something well it's five dollars a month oh, but i think that's what four quid four quid four euros depending on where you are it obviously yeah. translates into wherever you're listening um but um, i mean per month that's not a pound really a pound of podcast isn't it yeah, and you think about exactly, and think about the extra content you get and stuff. So, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and course, no ads. Like, say, no ads. No, you get it ad free, and you get it twenty four hours. Our patrons get the episode mm. twenty four hours early as well. So there's there's plenty of perks really for your for your four euros or whatever. Um, but also it supports us. I should say as well, it helps us keep this going as well because um, we are literally just two blokes doing a podcast we've got no production team or anything behind us and we are two freelancers trying to survive in the world of freelance so obviously you are also supporting the show if you do sign up as well so we we would massively appreciate it and you get your name in the show notes as well i mean so many perks i mean we're not begging we're not begging (laughs) we're not begging but i have spoken for five minutes about it now Uh, no and we love our patrons and in fact at the end of the episode i'm going to read a patron's name random oh yeah excellent as well I like all that yeah. stuff. Um, I've got, uh, before we go dive into the chat with Tom, I've got a nice review here for our blank book, How It's Fine Ooh. to Fall to and Fail. Now to pick yourself up again. Uh, uh, it's from Nicola Kemp and it's on Goodreads. And she says, the main thing I loved about this book was the format. Each chapter is centered around a theme with both authors contributing, including references to guests from the podcast and the author's own experiences. I've written so many quotes down for future reference and this book prompted me to really think about how I handle blank moments and what I would do differently. I feel so reassured that I'm not alone in failing sometimes, but not everyone notices all of my mistakes and that difficulties are there to be learned from and make me a stronger person. Thank you, Charles and Jim. What a lovely review and message from Nicola. Thank you, Nicola. That's so nice. And I love the bit about writing the quotes down because that's mm. what we wanted. We wanted people to be able to feel like they can sort of pick bits out that are relevant to them and their situation and lives and stuff. So that is that really warms my heart, actually, because that's exactly what we hoped for. So thank you, uh, Nicola. That's, um, yeah, that's made my day. What a lovely yeah, review. Yeah, really good. Yeah, very, very, very nice. So, yeah, but I guess we should probably just stop talking yeah. and let our <laughs> guests talk a bit more. Yeah. So this is... Ah, this is the wonderful Tom Spate on The Blank Podcast. Well, 
Well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to start with asking a question about childhood. Actually, I'm good. Well, I suppose childhood to an extent. But what I was going to ask you first, actually, Tom, was um, I'm always really interested when I talk to musicians. Uh, being a, being a musician myself, um, is that um, I'm always really intrigued about those kind of musical awakenings. Now, I was really lucky. In 1991, I was um, goodness. I was just like 12 years old, and I got given Nevermind, and like Nirvana just just blew my mind and that was kind of my big musical I was always into music and we always had lots of records and stuff at home but I guess you know when you find that thing that's yours and you know you can really go with it and I remember buying a really crappy guitar from Argus catalogue and and then and buying a tab book a Nirvana tab book and that that was my big musical awakening and I just wondered if there was a specific artist or band that was for you that really kind of yeah, just was that thing for you and, and opened up your mind to music and actually wanting to be a musician, I guess? That's a good question. I think the first kind of thing was Now 33. Do you remember those Now oh, yeah, 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 man. <laughs> well, yeah. I, had, I had Now 12, so I'm maybe wow. a little bit older yes, than sure you guys. You <laughs> <laughs> had, I remember that had um, Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting by Elton John on it. <laughs> I wow. remember that okay. particular track. Um, but yeah I had now 33 and that would would have had some like Oasis tracks on it Radiohead all of that kind of thing but I think the the song that really stuck out from that compilation and I think really turned me on to music was uh, Oasis's Live Forever yeah oh yeah what a song and I just I don't you know it was like I think I was like eight or nine years old or something and um, yeah I just there was I don't know why because you know I don't know what's cool at that age or anything like that but for some reason that song just really connected with me. And then I, I, my sister was dating a guy at the time and uh, he made me, I don't, this is a bit strange actually thinking back to it now, but he made me um, four like uh, mixtapes. Like, and I, it was basically um, Cast, Supergrass, Oasis and Ash. Oh, um, cool. Oh, I loved that. And it was, and yeah, and it was kind of, it, that kind of just started everything for me. And um, I was just obsessed by music. And I remember the, the first single I brought was um, Spice Girls' Wannabe, ah. which is, is not, not what you would think probably when listening to my music. But I remember <laughs> being in uh, a car park because my mum went shopping and I just had the A and the B side of Spice Girls' Wannabe and I listened to it on repeat for about three hours. I must have been a crazy man. But um, yeah, it's just I've always been obsessed. My favourite thing was going to HMV and just like browsing records and just... Yeah, I don't. I couldn't explain why I loved it so much. It was just like it just felt like it, I don't know. It just felt like a. It was part of me, really. Right. So I have googled uh, now thirty three um, because yeah. I, I definitely I think had this one as well because I. Yeah. It's a it's for, a blue cover, light blue cover, looking like yes. it's kind no, of like the what, air. Or yeah, it's on well, water. Interestingly, like interesting. Now twelve is also a blue watery cover. <laughs> So I think they must have maybe they were like they're luring us in. Yeah, with they the were blue. like, oh, okay, wait a minute, we've done like we've done another fifteen of the, or twenty five of these. Let's put another blue cover on. Let's get back to blue. <laughs> I mean, because I getting the now compilations was a big part of like uh, I guess weekends or like they were sort of every three months or four months, weren't they? But it was a big yeah. part of like music for me was getting those. And in fact, my wife and I. She's really good. So she also 
used to get them as a kid as well. And so I did a game with her recently where I got like an old, like now 28 or something. And I'd play the first second of of each song and she'd be able to get it. Like her, her memory is unbelievable just from like that first snippet. So that's a fun game you can play kids if you're, uh, if you're bored. <laughs> I, would, I would absolutely love that. I would love that game. But um, yeah, there, I, there's some mad tracks on there as well. There's like, I didn't, because obviously, you know, I was very young, so I wasn't, there's some real dance kind of madness on there. But um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's it's just music's just like for me, it's just it, you know, it's just like pure escapism, really. Mm, you yeah. know, and it's always been a bit of a like a best friend and um, someone I can go to if when I'm feeling low or whatever, you know. Yeah, def- oh, definitely, and I think I think anyone that's into music probably sort of feels the same way. Definitely the escapism thing. Um, well, it, it could be ba- a mood. I was going to take. Yeah, what gone gone, Jim? Yeah, what what's on there? Okay, seventy four, seventy five by the Connells. Banger. 74 <laughs> 75 oh, I don't think I liked that when I was 10 though so oh I do I don't know what that says about me but yeah. is that the opening yeah. track then is that the first one on it no the opening track is Too Much Love Will Kill You by Queen which I can't yeah. can't say is one that There's I normally there was well. normally a kind of few token kind of cock rock kind of tracks I mean yeah. now 12 there was definitely some White Snake and a Marillion <laughs> song I think um, no I think there was there was Lonely Back and Angle was on there wasn't it <laughs> yeah they, yeah second that's second track yeah um, Radiohead Street Spirit and I thought oh, oh god that this, is a, a, this is a woman this is a woman it's got to be a woman and then obviously yeah, just, I yeah. never heard a man singing falsetto yeah. but, um, what a track though yeah. what a song yeah and then there was like Cast Sandstorm I yeah. want it. Do you know what? If you want to get it on vinyl these days, I think they're worth about two hundred and fifty quid. I should have kept. Wow. I had, oh, Jesus! I had now twelve on vinyl. Honestly, <laughs> it'd be worth thousands. You could, you could uh. get a mortgage with that shit. <laughs> it's, it seems like it seems uh. like they opened with a lot of like indie stuff because you had uh, going out, Supergrass, Disco Two Thousand, Pulp, yeah, um, Spaceman, Babylon Zoo. Remember that? Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the second half of. The, uh, uh, would have been second disc, I guess, for us. Um, mm. Is all the dancey stuff. Like yeah, you've yeah. got like, uh, well, you got Shaggy on there. So pure, baby D. Shaggy. Oh, no. what? yeah. Uh, why you treat me so bad? I don't remember that one. I'm, not, I'm now looking up now. Twelve by Gusto. <laughs> In but, Walks uh, Love by Louise. Oh my god. The you know the the nineties was just full of you know bands were actually in the charts, weren't they? And that was just you know such a great. I think it was like the last you know great generation of music where it just felt, you know, just um, really like you could identify, you know, that, oh, that's the 90s. Whereas yeah. I think since then with the internet and everything, you know, there's obviously a lot of perks with the internet, but it's it's hard to like stamp an identity on a, you know, generation because, you know, you're so, it's so saturated really. This episode is brought to you by Surfshark. This video is not available in your location. Does that sound familiar? If it does, then let me tell you why a VPN is the solution to your problems. Uh, Yes, Giles, it does. I see that pop up quite a lot. Now, are you ready, Giles, for the science bit? Oh, yes. Always ready. (laughs) Okay, here we go. (laughs) A VPN doesn't only increase online privacy, which you need, trust me, and helps you avoid hackers... It also helps you access entertainment because the content you see is limited by your geographic location. But if you use a VPN, you can change your virtual location and forget about restrictions and censorship. Can't find what to watch on Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus or other streaming platforms? Unlock new libraries with a VPN. 
Can't watch a YouTube video? Connect to a different location with a VPN. Can't access certain websites or apps through school or office networks? Try a VPN. So try Surfshark, risk-free for 30-day money-back guarantee. Get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals slash blank. Enter promo code blank for 83% off and three extra months free. You heard me right. Three extra months for free. Oh, that's a great deal, Giles. That's surfshark.deals slash blank. Yeah, so, so charts were definitely a big thing. And, like, and like I used to like tape the, uh, tape the songs off the charts I liked. And it was like Sunday afternoon, wasn't it? Sort of all of Sunday afternoon. Is that right? Sort of going through the top 40. Yeah, yeah. Are the, are the, yeah. Are the charts still a thing anymore? Like, well, is it different now because of streaming? I think it. I think it still is a thing. I know when we released our, my like my albums and stuff. It was for me. It was like a big indicator of like you know if people were kind of getting into the songs. But um, yeah, I think it's still important. But probably you know streaming it has changed things as well. You know, live is still the biggest indicator of you know people connecting with the songs. Yeah, right? yeah. So from that time, did you did you start to want to play music and and or? I think I, did, I think I started writing songs, um, but not taking it that seriously. Uh, I had a guitar and started doing things, but I, did, I don't think I ever thought, oh, I could probably do music as like a job until I left university, really. And I was, you know, at that point, I'd gone to college to do music. I'd gone to university to do music. And still, until I left, I thought, actually, maybe this is what I should do, because you always think of it as like a, a footballer's dream, you know, kind of, oh, I want to be a footballer and no one ever is a footballer. So, yeah. um, you know, it's it was just always a dream of mine, but I didn't think it would be possible. And it, it took a long, long time to kind of get to the point where I, I suppose I could call it a career. You know, at some point you feel like you're just like a, like a busy fool or you've just got like this very expensive hobby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where, um, you know, it is kind of... Um, but I, it's just, again, it was just a, always a dream of mine. I just thought, you know, you only really live once, you've got to follow it. So It's funny you say about the hobby thing, because I remember being in a van, travelling up to Bradford for a gig, and uh, I remember thinking, oh, God, this van's going to cut this out. So fortunes we're spending. Five people turned up to the gig. We'd bought yeah. a load of merchandise, which <laughs> didn't sell. And I remember turning to the drummer and saying, this is, is this, like, this is expensive hobby, isn't it? <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> We've all been there, though. It's like, it's... Um, you know, and it's you've got to. I think it's a rite of passage to do those things, yeah. and um, because you know you've got to do it, and I think you've got to earn your your stripes and stuff. And uh, we've all been there. You know, I've oh God, I'm trying to think the worst gig I've ever played, but um, yeah, it's it's you've got to do it, and uh, I think it's very honourable. And it, you know, it sets you up for being prepared for anything. Yeah. You know, we yeah. we supported the um, the Stereophonics in November to December, and. Like you know, the first one of on the, one of the gigs, the first song, the PA cut out, oh, and I, I remember think I remember thinking like, if this was like one of my first tours, that would really freak me out. But you know, it was fine. We just you know did did it did it unplugged for a, you know a like, couple of minutes, and then um, the the PA came back. But um, yeah, I think it's it's just really good preparation. You know that ten thousand hours thing. So yeah. You've got to do it. 
I do remember the, the, the drummer turning to me and said, some people play golf um, <laughs> and pay for like club fees. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, maybe it isn't that expensive actually doing this. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting you're saying about that, the, 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 the touring and the gigging. Do you, is that part of the, the job that you like the most? Is that the most enjoyable part for you? Yeah. The hour on stage, you can't beat that. I think the uh, downfall is like the Travelodge tour. Yeah. <laughs> you just literally... <laughs> You just, the smell of Travelodge soap just, like, sends shivers down you. But, um, you know, like, uh, not to diss Travelodge, I'm sure I'll be seeing you very soon. But, um, you know, um, yeah, it's just that the, the hour on stage and also meeting the fans is is what I do it for, really. And seeing them sing along and yeah. just, yeah, just feeling people getting married to songs or, you know, having it as their, like, just any form of, like, soundtrack into their life is, is incredible, really. But, um the parts I don't like is yeah, the being away from home is can be a bit sucky sometimes, and the travel lodges and like because I, I have Crohn's, so it's quite difficult with um, you know like finding the right food when you're in a yeah. service station. Yeah. Um, and I'm very unrock and roll because of it because I have to be quite careful with a mm. uh, you know I'd love to say that I go out and get smashed after every gig, but <laughs> that's not the case. Yeah. Do you get because I sort of doing gigs and stuff up and down the country you get quite an expert on um, service stations. Yeah. Um, they, which the good thing is Leon's coming to service stations, yeah. which is, is a bit of a highlight. I'm, I'm still wondering why Pret and Monje haven't, um, yeah. you know, I think they're missing the trick there. Mm. Yeah. The, I was driving back. It was actually from a football match the other day and I was driving back. Who was I driving with? I can't remember. And, um, or you're driving down the M, uh, the M40, the M1, I can't remember, which is roads I've done oh, like, we're, numerous we're, uh, times. Jim, just to stop you, are we heading into very middle-aged chat now? Because like, <laughs> there's like you know, I, I was just thinking, like, oh, there's a great services on the M4 uh, between this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There's, yeah. Some cra- there's some crackers. Um, uh, I think it was Newport Pagnell we stopped off eventually. Um, <laughs> this is, yeah, this is Jim. We can, we can just end it on T-Bay and just leave it. You know, T-Bay, that's, that's T-Bay and Beckham. I mean, I live near Beaconsfield Services, and that is obviously like the oasis of. They are. It's just. It's got Weatherspoons, like which obviously not great, but like that was a big <laughs> selling point. Yeah, for that's that. not. Ideally, that's not, not when you're driving, but uh, <laughs> unless you're a designated driver, that's even worse. Um, but um, yeah, we basically. Oh no, driving back with Dave from Leicester. That's right, from Leicester Company Festival, and. Um, we we were like we kept coming up to services. And we're like, well, there's one in ten miles, and then there's one in twenty. We, as we get up to it, we'll see what it's like. And if it's like one near the road, we might go to it. If it's one where you got to go off to a roundabout, it's, it's yeah. going to be shit. It's too far. If it's one that's got a bridge, avoid completely. All the ones with the bridge to the other side are normally awful, and all the good stuffs on the other side. So you have to. These things come into play. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a big breakdown if you want any more information on, yeah. on service yeah. stations. And on but, today's uh, podcast, we discuss yeah. <laughs> yeah. service stations. People will be in the show off. notes. Um, be in the show yeah. notes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Going back to what you were saying about doing music at school, uh, so you did obviously you did at college and, and then uni. Mm. What was the what was kind of the plan then? Was it was it to do I don't know sound, sound engineering or was it music theory? What was the what was the thought process then? Always to be a songwriter. Yeah. Always to be a songwriter, yeah. I did a, I, I think the thing that gave me confidence, I won a songwriter of the year at um, Paul Paul McCartney's university. Oh, Lippa. And it, it, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I've, yeah. So I, I, and, I've recorded at Lippa. Um, oh, no way. Yeah. It's, it's so great there. I, I love, we had a weekend up there and we I did a recording. It was a sound engineer that we knew. They yeah they were doing um, they were doing a course up there so we got some free studio time. Um, wait that, yeah so I, I 
went there for sorry, it was in my iPod there, but Simon. I went there for for a couple of years, and um, yeah, I got to meet Paul McCartney. Oh, amazing! Paul, That's so but, cool. And, and sing some songs with him, and I think that was because I won the prize. I think that was the kind of thing. Maybe it was like maybe I can do this, and he was really encouraging. And then, um, kind of a year after I left Lipper, I met the guys from Keen, and they basically said, we want to record your first EP and stuff. And that was kind of it, really. That was kind of my introduction to the music industry. So I got very, very lucky with, like, people championing my music, really. That's cool. They're from, they're from uh, near where I grew up. They're from Tunbridge, aren't they? Is no, they're, they're, they're near me. They're at Bexhill. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So they're yeah. at the school in Tunbridge or so. They met at Tunbridge School or something. Have I got that wrong? I think you have. I think they met at Beads or something like that. Have I got in to do Eastbourne, another Google? So, yeah. I swear Keith but, um, yeah, that was that was it really. Just kind of, uh, and it just took a long kind of steady, you know, um, build from there really. But um, yeah, I think if you know, you couldn't really ever do a business plan for being a musician. It doesn't really work yeah. like that. You know, you never really know what's going to happen. Like for example, when we released my first song in twenty sixteen, I think it was, and um, it went to like number one in Brazil. You know, like my music isn't even sold physically there. It's just purely on streaming. Wow. And you just, you can't really say, oh, you know, I'm going to, in 2016, this this year, I'm going <laughs> to have a number one in Brazil and all of this kind of stuff. It's just, it kind of is just a mad journey of highs and lows and just, you know, that wave really. Yeah, so, you have to sort of take, oh, sorry, John. No, no. You have to sort of take the, hu- take, take the highs when they happen and enjoy them. And then, but they're not like, it's a bit like being a footballer, isn't it? It's like sort of every day as it comes, take the highs and then, and in, and it's really hard because sometimes you don't want to almost indulge yourself too much in the highs because I don't want to get too carried away. I know this is a hard industry and stuff, but you do sometimes have to sort of give yourself that victory. But in the same time, when it's going through a tough time, not indulge yourself too much in that. It's a really hard, you know, to choose a kind of, kind of very obvious analogy, roller coaster sort of ride yeah. where you just try not to enjoy the roller coaster too much. I think so, yeah, and I think it's also the weird thing is when you do get success or in in anything like whether you get a Radio Two playlist or anything like that, or you're on TV, you're you never. I I don't know if this is normal, but I don't fully kind of like you know. I never pat myself on the back and be like, oh, that was great. You're thinking, oh fuck, I've got to get the next playlist yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. that is that is something I'm trying to work on because it isn't very healthy that kind of thing. But yeah. maybe that's the kind of thing that makes you move forward. I don't know. What are you like with... Sorry, Charles, I've done it again. Go on, you go. No, no, you keep going, man. Um, what are you like with compliments then in those moments where you do something well and people are like, oh, mate, this is amazing? Because I always find uh, that, that really awkward. Yeah, I don't know, really. It's just... I think it's... It is just... If you feel a bit like... Um, you're a, a bit of a madman sometimes when you're... Yeah, I just find it hard to process things. The pandemic was good for that. You kind of process it when everything just stood still and I was like... Wow, like last year I did so much traveling and now I'm here just stuck at home. Yeah. And it was like you've, and I kind of thought, actually, I really hope that when this does kickstart again, that I really actually like I'm fully immersed in just actually being present in the moment. Because I, I definitely wasn't, you know, in the 2019, I was very much like just focusing on the next thing rather than actually enjoying what I was doing at the minute. Yeah, it's interesting. I was just thinking like, going back to gigging and like the live experience and how you are kind of in that moment there. You're not, you are mm. thinking about what's in front of you. You're not thinking about the, the bigger picture. It's just being in that moment, that connection with the audience, the connection with the playing and the music. Uh, and I think thinking that's, if you can kind of 
recreate that somehow in in other aspects of your life, then that that would be that, that's I guess that's the goal, isn't it? Really? Yeah, that, it? I think that is the goal, isn't it? I think you know, with anxiety and uh, anything like that, the it's just you're never really that present with it and that you're always like worrying about the past or yeah, think about the future mm. all those kind of things and um you know playing live is is a moment where i can fully switch off you know it, it's it is an amazing thing but it's only one hour of the day and then you've got the, the you know the rest yeah. of it to to deal with but um yeah I, yeah you have to come to a gig guys yeah definitely oh, man i'd love, love to. to come to a gig oh, yeah that'd definitely be, that'd be amazing yeah um, oh, yeah what are you like with um because the the worst bit for me about doing touring and, and playing was, it, obviously, like you say, like the, the playing bit's great, but like yeah. sound checking and stuff. Uh, yeah. What do you do? Like waiting around for a sound check is one of the worst things ever. What are you like in those downtimes? Do, do you are you able to find other things to sort of occupy yourself with? So my my favourite thing, if I go to like a new city or haven't been to a city for a while, I'll go to like the nearest record store and pick up a record. Nice. Uh, you know, I signed the receipt and I was met, like list what gig I was doing on the on the receipt. Uh, so it's cool. always like it's kind of like connecting that kind of memory, almost like a diary entry. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's my. And normally, it was the record store was kind of located in the cool part of town as well. So yeah. um, it's always a nice thing to do. But yeah, I, I I quite like being on my own for parts of the tour as well, just like breaking away from people because then you you know you can it is quite intense especially if you're sharing like a splitter with yeah. someone you know so do you do you write while you're on tour no not really no not really no i, I tend to write kind of like late at night very hushed <laughs> um in or when i'm watching like uh tv or something i uh i people always judge me because i'm a kind of not a closet fan but uh i like eastenders I was really worried, <laughs> wondering what you were going to say at that yeah. moment. No, yeah. So I, I like EastEnders, and I often put EastEnders on a very low volume or mute and just write, <laughs> write while I'm watching it. I don't know why. I, I, you know, a lot of people think it's very unexpected that I like EastEnders, but uh, it, maybe it's the drama that inspires the song or something. I, you don't end up sort of writing songs about Peggy Mitchell, a mistake or something, just sort of, like, sort of infusing into your <laughs> yeah, brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but um no it's uh yeah i just I, I suppose you just kind of write when you can but i think with touring it's it's quite difficult to kind of get that alone time i've written a, f- a few songs but i wouldn't say it was like a go-to thing i did yeah, yeah i was going to ask you about the songwriting pro- your songwriting process well i mean i guess it probably changes on a on a daily basis but do, do you often have a process with it do you do you come up with the melody first, a chord sequence? What what's kind of your lyrics? What's kind of your process? I think it's with it? just. I would say there's never there's never a set process, but um, for me, it's just normally it's like a phrasing that will inspire something. Often, you know, I'll, I'll be a fan of a song or a movie, and that will kind of inspire. Like I'll be like, oh, I want to write a song like that, or mm. I want to write a song, you know, that's. Um, it's got a feeling or a mood of that, you know, that film or something like that. And, um, you know, I think it, it, songs are really unexpected. Like I wrote a song for my girlfriend who was going through like quite an anxious period and she had like loads of work stuff on and she had like this big presentation thing and she was really worried about it. And eight in the morning of the day of the presentation, I wrote this song and I was like, and sent it to her within half an hour. And then that song became like my first single of my second album stuff. So, and at the time I was thinking, you know, I didn't really think anything. I was just writing it for her, 
But there was obviously something quite pure in it because obviously I wasn't, you know, it wasn't thinking, oh, this could be on radio or anything like that, you know. Yeah. It was just literally in the moment writing it for her and then sent it to her. And then I listened to it the next day and I was like, actually, maybe we could do something with this. And, um, yeah, I think this, it, that's the magical thing is there isn't a set process, really. You know, you can just uh, mix it up and that, I think that keeps you kind of guessing and searching and fishing for more songs. And that and that song was called "Going Down the uh, Old Vic" for a so yeah, Danny yeah. Dyer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was uh, "Everything's Waiting for You," which kind of became like um, uh, a post-pandemic song. Like I remember Zoe Ball was like, "This is the song we need now," and all that kind of thing. <gasps> and it was um, a very innocent thing of you know just writing it for her, but it kind of felt like it was very uh, poignant for the for the time we we're going through, really. Because that it's all yeah. Sorry, Jim. I was, we can't, we keep talking over each other, don't we? Um, <laughs> We're either really in tune or just yeah, yeah. whatever the opposite is. <laughs> um, I was going to say, um, you don't always know also what songs are going to hit with people, don't you? No. I think, I think yeah. all, all bands and musicians will say, there's that one song that they might do on a recording or something, that's the one that's gonna, that everyone's going to love. And it turns out it's completely not that thing at all. Yeah. It's something completely different that you didn't have any clue was going to be really would really connect with people and it's funny how that happens i don't know if that song was like that for you a little bit yeah i thought i thought um i don't know i felt i felt confident in that one but mm. um definitely other ones i thought oh this this will do well and uh <laughs> it <hasn't>. so, <laughs> yeah. you know um but yeah it, it's just exciting it's i suppose you do, you're only as good as your last song as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's very true um I was going to say, talking about Zoe Ball and stuff, because you got quite a lot of sort of Radio 2 airplay, didn't you? That must have been amazing. Like hearing yeah, really on that amazing. Kind of you know, um, I'm still just a... I feel always a bit like a competition winner. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, I think they got probably a bit sick and tired of me because I was being playlisted quite a lot. And every time they played me, I'd be like, thank you so much for playing us. <laughs> you know, and, was, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's just... You know, you can't take it for granted, though, I think. You know, getting on Radio 2 and all that stuff, is there's so many singers out there that you've just... Yeah, you can't take it for granted. But she, I love her um, her breakfast show. It's brilliant. And um, her, Graham Norton was always a really big supporter oh, of our songs. When he was at Radio 2, touchy subject. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, he was always... He was a nice... Uh, yeah, such a nice guy. We interviewed for him on his show on uh, Christmas. But, yeah. Very, very lucky with Radio 2 and all that. So hopefully, fingers crossed, it'll continue, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's really cool. Because, like, again, going back to the kind of successes stuff of earlier, you're right, there are so many people trying to do all three things that the three of us do in, you know, respective industries and stuff. And at times, you can feel like, oh, I'm sort of slogging and I'm trying and I'm not really getting anywhere. But, like, if you do take a step and look backwards, you've undoubtedly achieved things and... Yeah, you know, you've you've achieved massive things, and it's it's important, I think, to go back and be like, okay, that was really cool. That was really cool, because we all have moments where you're feeling rubbish, or maybe a bit like an imposter, or just a bit sort of yeah. a bit of a fraud, or you know. And so, it's important sometimes, and even if we are British and awkward and find like praise difficult, to go back and just look at those moments, be like, well, loads of people are trying to do what I've do, and I've managed to do this, and I've managed to do this, and it's just. Yeah, it's important to sort of take stock, I guess, in those moments because we all feel a bit crappy at times, don't we? I always feel like the imposter, to be honest. Whenever, whenever I, I'm like, what am I doing here? You know, <laughs> but um, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know why that is, but um, maybe it's a healthier way to be than being like, yes, 
I am king. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I would love to be king a few times. Adore yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I always, my, yeah. you know, I would love to be in the psyche of Liam Gallagher sometimes. <laughs> you know, he's literally, I watched his Brits thing and I thought, God, he literally looks like he's going to walk into a ring and batter something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I always try, we put Oasis on before um, some of like the gigs and try and channel the inner Liam. But it's just my my songs are just that you know they're like like a wet fart compared to Liam. So, yeah. But it's but I think no I think we all need um, that's going to be the the pull quote from the episode by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah. Brilliant, great. <laughs> we get we get so, we have a couple of journalists that listen to some of our episodes somewhere now and then they report on them. That'll be the line that gets reported. Um, we all need a little bit of Liam, I think, inside of us. Because I think it's yeah. I think you're right. I think there's a balance between like it's good to have you keep keep your feet on the ground and stuff, but like you need to love yourself. You need to believe in yourself and you need, do need to think that you're fucking brilliant now and then. Even if it's for that one hour a day when you're gigging or whatever. Yeah, like yeah, I think yeah. we all need to channel that a little bit. And it's hard. Like it's really sometimes you're in the zone and you'd feel like, oh shit, I'm doing well today. But I, I think most of the other time we do all feel a little bit like, what am I doing here? But I think if we can all just like channel Liam a little bit for one hour a day maybe then I think actually that's, not, that's not an unhealthy way is it just minus the cocaine I think probably and yeah, all the drugs. Yeah. but if we can channel that yeah I'm brilliant kind of thing maybe for one hour a day maybe that's not a bad way to just God get like. by Mm. Yeah, I am God. I am God for one well, hour. We, yeah. yeah, we all need to be have a bit more swagger, maybe now and again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it is hard. It is hard. I mean, it's not, I'm not that for me. That's, I'm, it's not inherently in my personality to be like that. No, but, no. um, but yeah, but maybe, yeah, we need to sort of, like you say, channel. Giles, I love your, um, your Twitter, uh, you know, the, the stuff you do on Twitter, man. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. It's really nice to see, um, like a lot of positivity on such a kind of negative space sometimes, you know? Thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate that, man. Yeah. It's, but, um, uh, Little thing, just channel more Liam on it. <laughs> yeah, just, just be like, yeah. I'll do a few more our kids and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> as, as, were, as, as you were, as you were, Charles, as you were, yeah, Charles yeah. X. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, what 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 are you like with social media then, Tom? Because it is it is because it is obviously Awful. like it is part of the job, isn't it? Yeah, it's. It, do you know what? It's just I haven't really broken that wall of. Um, you know, I, I, I want to be a bit more, I want to be a bit more throwaway on it. Like, you know, kind of just being more, I suppose, who I am really. But I, I, I'm still kind of adapting to it. I, I, you know, I wasn't brought up with social media, so it doesn't feel, I don't take to it very easily. Um, mm. But yeah, I think maybe as, a, as, as, as things go along, I'll get a bit more relaxed on it. But I do struggle with it. I find it quite difficult, really. Um, like, you know, if I'm, if you watch me at a gig, I'm very relaxed and I can talk to the audience, but I find it just quite strange, like, you know, actually just talking into my phone as if there's no one there. Um, oh, what, you mean like videos, videos and stuff? Yeah, yeah, it's quite an alien concept, really. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's you, but you need to be on it, otherwise people just don't think you exist or you're doing anything and you're not busy and stuff. But, um, I yeah, I think I, I suppose my go-to would probably be something like Instagram. Twitter, I don't really, I like tweet, you know, every now and again, but it's more like a, 
a shop window of like I'm gigging here, this is yeah. out, and I would never like air my views on Will Smith or anything like that, you know? <laughs> or uh, or Liam Payne uh, in his Good Morning Britain thing. This is very this week. I don't know when this is going to come out. This will be probably very like, be like he's still going on about that. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I wouldn't air my views on that, those kind of things on Twitter. But yeah. Wait, was that the Liam Payne thing where he was doing a really weird accent at the Oscars? Yeah, it was. It was honestly, it was. It was quite bizarre. I haven't actually. seen this. I haven't seen this. Oh my god! It, do you know the comedian Lemmy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, watch his take on it. It's brilliant. Uh, it's about twenty minutes. If you've got twenty minutes in your day, uh, just watch that because it's. It, do you remember Steve McLaren? Uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, oh, yeah, when he when he went to Twin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he went. He did this like uh, Dutch accent. Well, <laughs> Liam's one is like three, no, maybe five accents in one clip. Wow! It it's you know it's uh, yeah. I it's weird because I I watched a podcast with him uh, on the Stephen Bar Stephen Barlow one. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I thought you know it was obviously he's they've you know they've had so much success, but there's obviously you know there's a cost to that that kind of thing. And um, he seemed like a really nice guy, but. This clip, yeah, it's it, it. It was it was it was the best thing to come out of that Will Smith thing, really. You know, <laughs> yeah. I felt bad, it was an I felt antidote. Bad. Yeah, it was an antidote for it. Yeah, I felt you've got to watch it. But he he seems like a nice guy. But yeah, there's a bit. It was a bit Welsh. It was a bit Irish. It was a bit. There was somewhere. There was somewhere. It was. Uh, Limmy described it as like there was. Uh, he described it as Darth Vader. Somewhere there was still a bit of him in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's still the good. Yeah, the, yeah. He hasn't completely turned to the dark side. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty. Well, I, but, I don't, so what was the context for the interview then? Was he just being asked about his, his suit? It was very bizarre. Basically, Good Morning Britain asking Liam Payne's take on the Will Smith. And oh, Jada okay. Payne. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, and okay. it was spout. It was about five minutes, and then I thought, God, what's he going to cover next, you know? Um, <laughs> but you, you've seen it, Jim, right? Yeah, but he's also, like, dropping. He was like, oh, yeah, Will Smith used to live near me or something. He kept, like, yeah, doing big clangs. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to say anything bad about him. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. I will say, nice. actually, in his defence, never thought I'd say that, um, I, I think we all do it a little bit when we go abroad. And I know, like, he probably wasn't abroad, or maybe he was in the States, I don't know. But, um, he's in the States, yeah. But we all do it. Like I've been, I went to Portugal on a stag do one. It was it was one of the worst stag do's ever. The the stag got arrested on the first night for throwing a chair at a bouncer. It, 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 <laughs> oh, it was. Is this Jim? Is this the kind of people you uh, hang out with? Then? Yeah, I was <laughs> no. say. Oh, it was horrendous. No, it's it's uh, it's the only stag do I've ever been on that happened like that. And it actually influenced my stag do to be a game at Sellers and just like a drink at the pub afterwards. Um, but anyway, <laughs> it, was, oh, it was so bad. It was, and we, we'd hired this villa in Portugal, and every, like the next night, the, the guy was staying with pissing in the corner of the room because he was so drunk and like nearly pissed on me. It, honestly, it was. I, 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 used to, I used to do a whole stand-up bit about it, but like it was honestly like too unbelievable, so I sort of stopped doing it. But anyway, on one of the days when people weren't getting like arrested or pissed on, we went out for like drinks or, or food, and the waiter came over. And I, I didn't realise I'd done this, but I said, um, hi, can I have a plate of big chips? And I put on, like, a, <laughs> like I guess, like a pan-European... Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I didn't yeah. know I'd done it. And, of course, now, like, this is, like, seven years later in the WhatsApp group, people are still, like, big chips. Apparently, when I, when, I got, when I got to the airport, I said, sorry, where is baggage reclaim? And so, yeah. so yeah. in Liam's defence, oh, and obviously Steve McLaren is an example, Joe Cole did it when he was in France as well. You, we all do it, I think, a little bit without yeah. realizing. You just, I, yeah. 
I did. Um, I took my girlfriend to Paris uh, for like our first val- Valentine's Day, and we'd only been going together for like a couple of months. And um, I was didn't realise as well. I was doing it to the taxi drivers, and I was like, "Hello." And I was like, she was. She was like. She was like. Tom, what the hell are you doing, man? <laughs> like, and um, yeah, it, I, it reminds me of that Harry Enfield sketch. Uh, George, what's it? Gino De Campo? No, no, that's actually a, he's a chef, isn't it? <laughs> he's yeah, real, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's real. Okay. <laughs> anyway, whatever the the sketch of Harry Enfield when they've got the Italian football player at uh, Newcastle oh, United. It's like Giorgio. Uh, Giorgio. Yeah, 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 Giorgio. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I can't believe I just referenced the this morning chef. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's that fella. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he so he breaks into Geordie, Geordie accent. Yeah, he's like yeah, speaking yeah, yeah. in Colombian or so, Spanish or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I think we, I think we, it's all, you're almost better off trying to speak the native language and doing it badly, like trying to speak French badly yeah. than doing English with a French accent because it's obviously much worse. But I might have to watch the Steve McLaren thing after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I might go back <laughs> and watch that. Yeah. And it's, the it's, just to, just to give me that extra little boost for the day. <laughs> is it so? So what we've I mean, what we've got out of this podcast is there's one Liam you should be challenging. Cha- challenging but maybe the other yeah. one maybe not so much going back to the songwriting stuff um when you're when you've written a song and stuff do you think about like arrangements and all that kind of stuff like for when you're going to record it in the studio because yeah I mean, I, so i started um producing um my own music i suppose and the more so in the last record we had a producer for the for the first record and i did a bit few bits on the second record and um I'm just gonna. When's when does this podcast go out? Ooh, a couple be, of weeks, I think. Yeah, two a couple weeks. weeks. Yeah, so I've got a song coming out on April twenty second, and um, I don't know if that will be before or after. But um, yeah, I produced that and wrote it, so it's all all pretty much me, which is sounds very narcissistic. But um, yeah, I we it was um, yeah. It's just I feel like it's to a certain extent, not always, but uh, I have a vision for for the song and. Especially if it's, you know, I'm just a, f- a fan of music, really. And I f- if I like it, then hopefully some other people will like it, really. Do, do you ever have that thing where, and maybe this isn't like when it goes down the right line, you're doing the arrangements and stuff, but like where you're writing a song and you have a sort of vision for it and then it doesn't end up that way? Because that can be, I guess, quite frustrating. Yeah, How do you deal with those moments? Just re-record it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's, uh, we've, we're, the first song I ever released, actually, we re-recorded four times. Wow. Uh, with different producers and stuff. And um, we worked with a guy called Chris, Chris Bond. And he, he, I suppose he's most famous for doing like Ben Howard stuff. Oh, yeah. And yeah, um, yeah we, he was the kind of guy that got it right um, when it came to that song. But I remember my manager at the time and um, saying, God, are you going to, you, why don't you just ditch that song? And it was the song that kind of launched my career. So, um, you know, I think there's a there's a there's a thing with persevering with the song. If you see, you've got to give it its duty to kind of, you know, give you know make sure it's is it gets a good chance really. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Is what I don't know if you don't mind saying, but what what was not quite right with it when you were doing it those first few times? Uh, so the first demo we did was with Turin Breaks, who I wrote the oh, song with. Yeah, oh, love those God. guys. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great guys, um, but the demo came out as uh, well. What, what, what we would describe as route one or route A, basically <laughs> yeah. very, very safe and bland. Mm. And they won't mind me saying that because we still work together now, and we've done so much, so many songs. But then I went to a guy 
called Carey, who was in a band called Athlete. Do you know Athlete? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 My and mate Dave has um, produced quite a lot of their stuff. Dave Lynch. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so we, we did, uh, I did the song with him, and uh, it just came out a bit too electronic, really. Like, a bit, oh, it didn't yeah. feel, feel kind of like how I wanted it to sound, really. I still work with him, so he won't mind me saying that. <laughs> um, you know, um, and then I had a go, and it didn't really work. And then Chris had a go, and uh, we won the fourth time lucky. But I think the thing with Chris's one was um, it was very organic, the way we recorded it. It was, um, I played it live with him in the room, and it had that kind of, I don't know, that kind of authentic feel, that you know, mm. very human. And I, I just wanted to, I was very, at the time, it's, kind of crazy now because I was like I can't have any synthesizers on it or anything like that and I think you know I was just like it's got to be very real yeah and um yeah it was just a process of like making sure it felt like authentic and yeah I think I don't know why I think because maybe at the time there was a lot of music where it's like very tuned and very mm-hmm. like processed and all that kind of thing and I just wanted to uh do something a bit more of a throwback I think really yeah, it sounds like going back to days before they had sort of like eight tracks and stuff where people would yeah, just record no, in we, the we studio do, and all together. We didn't do it to a click track as well, which is uh, quite absurd, you know, so you couldn't really edit very easily and things like that. Like the timing would like kind of, you know, move with it. And uh, I like that yeah, though. But, yeah. Yeah. We, and we've done it on a few other songs and we mainly the first record actually was recorded like that. And then the second one I wanted to kind of go a bit more cinematic, so... We have like strings and synths mm. and all that kind of stuff, and um, yeah, it's been quite a journey to kind of get to. I'm, you know, I'm quite excited for my third album because that's. I feel like that's going to be a different kind of side of me as well. And do you enjoy like the the processes of like gear and like learning about you know sound engineering and all that kind of stuff? Is is that something you're interested in? You know, uh, like, like I'm interested in like microphones in and stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's not that sexy though, is it? Like, you know, it's well, it's not. I beg to differ. No, 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 I, know, no, you, I, I know, know, I know. I know. Do you know what? It's uh, I do. I'm not. A, no, I'm not that techie, really. I like. I'm. Do you know what my favorite thing is? Like, we we're very lucky to like record in some amazing studios. I just like being in. You know, like we record in Abbey Road sometimes, which yeah. is a gift. Wow. Like, yeah. completely like. Just like it feels like this is this is absolutely crazy that I'm recording here, but um, yeah, I just like being in the studio and you know getting the free biscuits basically. <laughs> <laughs> I love no being in the studio. I, there's a really good studio near us in Eastbourne um, called Echo Zoo, where my mate Dave uh, he owns it and he does a lot of stuff down there. And it's just the live rooms are great. They've got one. They've got some amazing microphones from 1960s um mics that are just so good and um it's just lovely being in that environment i mean i think actually yeah. for me being in the studio creating a, a track a song um that's my favorite part actually uh, yeah you know being... man i think it's that that creating is something that wasn't there before is 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 literally a buzz you know whether you know you can take that to all industries whether you're making a cake or you're writing a book or anything you know it's that before and after is is something it's like you've got something to show for it which is pretty cool it's yeah. funny i was talking yeah. the other day i had we had rehearsal this week of the band one of the bands i'm in and uh i was saying like that my favorite gigs are the ones just after doing a recording because you can hear you know the stuff that you might have added in the studio like a guitar line or or you know like a riff or it might be a, a slight different arrangement and then you're you're 
you're performing it and you can hear all those things that you've done differently in the studio. And I love that moment. And also because you're super tight and everything's really kind of there. Um, that's my favorite. Those, those are always my favorite performances just after being in a studio. I've got, I've got a question for you guys. Okay, Jim, you go, you, you can take it first. Um, <laughs> if you would, if you could be a fly on the wall for any studio album, what would it be? Oh, okay, I've got a bit of time now. Shit. I don't know. Um, Giles, do you want to go first if you've got it? Well, I've Is watched it... quite a lot of those studio, you know, like, um, you know, Nevermind, for example, with Butch Feet. Yeah, yeah. Doing, yeah. um, like, and they're, they're really great, those kind of things. And there's a couple of um, Fleetwood Mac albums as well. Rumours, I think, would be a cool one to have been on. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And obviously, like, watching the Beatles doc recently those i mean incredible i still haven't seen that and i'm oh, a huge man. huge beatles fan yeah but. watch it because it yeah if you you know for anyone who's a musician i think it's just so uh, insightful and you know amazing well and, and also i think if you've been in that position you yeah. know kind of what it's like um but yeah a, a specific album that's a tricky question man i'm well, gonna okay so i've got some stipulate jim's gonna Is say it... the supernaturals probably <laughs> Oh God, I loved the Supernatural so much. Um, is it is it an album I love, or is it like a classic album, or is it like an album where they all did so much gear, everything? It's and I want to <laughs> just watch everything fall apart. <laughs> I, whatever you want, really. Because like I think, okay, I think I got th- I guess three. My favorite ever album is uh, Nimrod by Green Day. So I'd lo- I'd love to oh, watch. Nice, yeah. I'd love to watch that. It's just such a good. Oh, such a great album. Um, or maybe any Green Day album. Actually, that does tie into the chaos as well, because they did a lot of drugs in the 90s. So uh, maybe that could... Maybe any Green Day album. I think Dookie um, would have been the one, man. I was about to, I was about yeah, to say yeah, the, yeah, break, yeah. the breakout that, album. Nimrod was after Dookie, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was 97, yeah. I think. Um, or, but then... Or you, if you're going to choose any, you go back and do like an Elvis album or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or watch Elvis record Something, back in the I day. think as well, when I was thinking about it, I was thinking something that was recorded quite quickly... Like, whether it be, like, a week or two weeks where yeah. it's, like, very, like, you're in it. Like, I, I yeah. wouldn't want to be in a fly on the wall for, like, nine months while Radiohead make <laughs> Well, yeah, OK <laughs> Computer. Know, I mean, I think OK Computer, they made in some, like, derelict house or something. I, I might have got that wrong. But, like, some a house, and they, it yeah. took six months to write the songs, and then they spent, like, another six months recording it. And then another, but amazing and then, album. Oh, amazing incredible album. album. But then I think they took them, like, six months to, like, Rearrange the songs to play live. Yeah, so, yeah. but which is a, yeah, you know they're an incredible band. But Like I like say, song... maybe maybe not that one. I don't know if I've got eighteen months that I can give <laughs> up to. Like, <laughs> I can, yeah, I, can I think. Do you know Morning Glory for me? I reckon, and not. To, I'm supposed to sound like an Oasis fan podcast, but because um, <laughs> I think that was recorded in like ten days or something. Really quick, or, I think. Or, yeah, yeah, or something like. Um, like an, uh, maybe the first Beatles album because I think that was done in two, one or two days. Yeah, to watch, I guess, to watch people who are obviously like geniuses at their absolute peak flying, I think is probably would be amazing and also probably quite inspiring as well. So I think you'd come away from that thinking, fuck, I love what I do and I can, and I can do it and get back yeah. to it. And it would probably be very motivating to watch those kind of people just uh, fly. I think um, if I was going to choose one album, it might be Jeff Buckley's Grace. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because fairly seminal at the time but also because they again it was a super i think it was very fast a lot of live takes yeah um what a voice as well right what an incredible voice yeah just to see him singing hallelujah 
um, yeah. into a microphone would have been yeah because that special. would have been a live take wouldn't it of yeah him and the electric and oh, the vocal, well, yeah. fuck yeah Amazing. I don't know what actually, I've changed my mind I think the album I would watch is um, now that's what I call music 33 <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a lot of, that's a lot of the one. travelling man you got a <laughs> lot of travelling <laughs> yeah um, yeah that what about you a... Tom you yes. said a morning glory I, I, didn't you I'll yeah. go morning yeah, glory yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah do you think there's you know, loads of tracks that I would like to see like the process like I'd love to see like and Eminem's first two studio albums, like yeah. how that came about and all that kind of stuff, just pretty cool. Well, Something you... quite, yeah, out of out of, out of character. Or mm. Yeah, that. Cool. Would, I mean, Emin, yeah, Eminem, Eminem again, sort of M, Eminem. Get your words out, Jim. Um, mm. Again, very sort of seminal. But you know how, like these days, every everyone's doing a documentary. Like every football mm. club has got ca- Amazon Prime cameras there. At some point. I'm Everyone's... planning for us to do a documentary, Jim, about this podcast. <laughs> That'd be and very boring. Obviously, <laughs> there'll be clips from this episode on there. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. It'll be very meta. Uh, we'll be yeah, talking, yeah. We'll about talking about documentary about... <laughs> for being on a documentary. Who, who's your favourite guest you've ever had on, then? Well, you, obviously. <laughs> I was about to say yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> be like that one time when we spoke to a guy about now 33 and both of <laughs> It's out there, dude, honestly. <laughs> that was the peak of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, now 33. My point is, at at some point, we're we're all going to be able to watch people who have done stuff, won't we? We're all going to have be able to watch people put together stuff. I don't know. Will we, will we get bored actually of watching behind the scenes stuff at some point? Because I feel like there's going to be a lot of options, or maybe not. Well, it depends how good the album is, I guess, or, or how good the football club are. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I loved watching documentaries, and I do love. Funny enough, music documentaries are always really appealed to me i love yeah. watching you know um there's a brilliant joe strummer documentary which is just fantastic um and i love all that kind of stuff and i love those those great those classic album ones where they you've got a, a producer and this may be being a bit geeky about the recording process but a producer just like saying oh this is where we double track the vocals and then they just put the vocals up and and you can that, hear all that, that reminds me of the nirvana one yeah ah oh, when they're doing in when they were tricking yeah, tricking Kurt Cobain to be like, just yeah. sing it again for us. Yeah, yeah. And he's actually yeah. just double dragging it. Oh, yeah. nice. That's cool. Yeah. Because he didn't like, he didn't want to, yeah, double track it, but brilliant. That's great. But it sounds so good, you know, and obviously that, again, yeah. I guess the mark of a really good producer was able to coerce the musicians to do it. Yeah. Sorry, man. Something in the way, I think they recorded it in the control room and he played it so quietly they literally mic'd it all up and you can hear like the fan of the Yeah. The, uh, I think he played it on his, I think he sat on his he sat on his laid laid down on his back and recorded it. So you got oh, that really so the vocal was really like so he was kind of slightly, so good in slightly Batman compre- well, Oh man, I just watched that last couple of days ago. So good. I just thought so that, man, good. that is such a great song and Yeah. Yeah, it's a gut punch. Where do you rank in the Batman uh like list of Batman films, where'd you rank it? I thought it was really good. I thought there was kind of elements of. I turned to my, I went with my best mate Dave, and I said there was moments in it, particularly when they went into the guys' giveaway plot to everybody who hasn't <laughs> seen it. But the bit Spoilers, where they sort yeah. of burst into the into the Riddler's kind of um, 
apartment. It, it felt like seven. It had that kind of feeling of yeah, them going yeah, into yeah. John Doe's house and like started reading his notes about like all the, it had that kind of serial killer kind of thing about it. And I loved the noir kind of aspects of it. I liked yeah. the narration on it as well. I thought it reminded me a bit more of like some of the animated Batmans. So I thought he was up there. I thought he was a good Batman. I thought he was pretty good. This is so, another, I right? I'm getting I'm, I'm I'm sort of getting around to sort of saying I think it's not quite it's not quite the Christopher Nolan ones. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's not far behind. I like the Keaton ones as well. Yeah, yeah, the they, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. they are good. Yeah, it went a bit off with the Joel Schumacher yeah. kind of made I it actually good. rewatched the um the 95 and 97 ones with oh, okay. the George the Clooney one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. But he had I just watched it out of curiosity, and I was like, "This is—it's just—it's a very different world." Isn't so, it, sort really? of pantomime, isn't it? Almost, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just like, the, particularly the the um, the one with George Clooney. It felt like basically it was just like an advert to sell toys. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> it was just, yeah. There was just and Mister, uh, what is it, Mister Freeze? Oh, it's so uh, bad. There's one liners in it. It's just horrendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe George Clooney was Batman. That's and he has his suit. It was quite a controversial suit because he had like um, nipples on. We had three suits. Yeah. As well. This is the thing yes. about the uh, toys thing. They were basically like, oh, we'll just give him another Batman. Suit yeah. So we can sell another. A bit of merchandise. I don't but, know if they um, all had this sort of semi-erotica on them with the nipples, but yeah. yeah I heard as well. I might be wrong that maybe this thing with the merchandising, but I heard that Jack Nicholson basically said, and maybe this is, maybe if I'm wrong, we can check it afterwards. But he basically took a lower fee to get a cut of the merchandise. Yeah, that's, right? that, that, that's what I've heard as well. Yeah, and he yeah, made just, so much money. Wow! But he's brilliant. It's a joke. I think that yeah, obviously the. Joker's actually has had some good actors actually hasn't it really yeah yeah yeah. Some, um... yeah yeah and I would say like the, you know the the Joaquin Phoenix version was very good um, brilliant yeah. yeah I actually what I went to cinema on my own on that one actually to see that and it was like I felt quite shaken up <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was really shocking yeah I, I mean I, I kind of I guess because it's kind of been billed as being a bit taxi driver and and king yeah. of comedy so sort of, sort of Scorsese-esque but yeah I've yeah, it was. It was really. I thought it was uh, a fantastic performance, and yeah, I think it's the only good for me. The only good DC kind of character that they've well adaptation that they've kind of done. Yeah, um, I should say as well that we don't fact check ourselves on this podcast, so don't. You can say whatever you want. It's fine. We <laughs> We're going to get a load of complaints from yeah. avid Batman fans. Batman fans. <laughs> no, but I think that's true about the Nicholson thing. I definitely think that's true. Um, yeah. he, he made a lot of money. I think. Off the back of that, Smart which guy. is fair enough, you know, he was great, good in it. Um, so, so go on, go on, Jim. Sorry, we've done it again. <laughs> what is wrong we with are us just today? On the same level, this is mad, isn't it? We're just we are we are but one we, person. How, think, how long have you guys known each other? Then? You would think very. Uh, we'd only known each other <laughs> very recently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> since doing the pod, really, I guess, or just before that. No, yeah, really. Yeah, so yeah, three, so three, four three years. years. Yeah, we're still yeah. still just figuring each other out a little bit. Yeah, we're still yeah. sort of feeling our way. We'll get there eventually. In well, 10, I, I 10 actually years think time. it's a mark of a good pod because we're both very eager to to talk to Tom. <laughs> um, I yeah. think that's what is it that is. mark of a good pod? Yeah, I, I think, think it good is. pods let their guests talk, whereas we're just desperate to get involved. Um, well, I have a I have a question, but I don't know if Giles, I might save it for the patron only section. I don't know. Have you got a question for patron only? No, I was I was just going to ask Tom what. Um, what is what he said he's got an album coming up 
Okay, that's quite soon. Say so, that in the public bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I was going to say you've got you've got a new album coming out very soon. Is that all done and dusted? Are you still working on that? Uh, it, well, so I'm actually, I'm doing an EP and then oh, okay. an album. Yeah, yeah. So it's like um, I finished the EP. That's all done. That will come out in September. Um, like gradually drip feeding songs and stuff. And then January, I think we're going to launch a new album and stuff. And that's going to be slightly a different thing, I think, than than what I've done before. But the EP is like very much like a fan fan thing, really, where it's like very much back to back to what I do originally, well, I, w- I suppose. And what are you like with your fans? Because obviously you must have a sort of following and stuff. Are they what are they like? And do you sort of engage with them? They're a lot? amazing. Do you, do you know what? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm like, um, so. You know when Boris was like, you can have 30 people in a garden kind of thing? Yeah. And I wasn't really allowed to play festivals at that time or gig or anything. So I literally put a message out on Twitter and, and uh, Facebook and stuff. And I said, look, I want to do a living room tour. I've got these, this new album coming out. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're a bit compromised of what we can do. But, you know, if you want me to come and play your living room, let me know. Message me. Anyway, we had like quite literally hundreds of people getting in touched and we managed to like whittle it down to like i think it was like 30 i did so i played 30 gardens over the summer wow wow in the space of like i think it was two months uh i just yeah we're doing like we're doing like sometimes three or four uh over the course of a weekend like and you know um yeah so my fans are kind of you know i'm very i would say like have a very like not close relationship because obviously you know i have been to their house but that's not normal (laughs) but um, (laughs) But I would say, yeah, I kind of, I like to think there's there's not like a barrier between me and them. Um, because, you know, I, I do, you know, I wouldn't have a, a recording contract without people listening. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's they're always just really supportive and they kind of, they make the music feel real. Because you, you can have like people listening on Spotify and Apple, but it never feels that tangible until you actually meet them in person or, you know, that kind of thing, really. Yeah, have a cup of tea in their kitchen. That's when you really have know that you're... Have a cup of tea in their kitchen, yeah, yeah. Connecting with or, people. Uh, you know, but uh, it was it was, it was was quite surreal, actually, like, you know, visiting their uh, their places and stuff. And there was no, like, weird Alan Partridge moment where you got a tattoo <laughs> of them in the chest or anything, in a little shrine or anything. Yeah, I was not locked in there. Yeah, I wasn't locked in a living room or anything. Like uh, misery, yeah. Like, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was it was really surreal because obviously, like, I had, like, you know, the only con- contact I had at that time was, like, in the recording studio, meeting a few friends. And then we had this kind of little, like, gateway to go into people's gardens and play to 30 people at a time. And it was quite strange, but uh, amazing. Yeah, that's really, really nice. Yeah. That's really, really nice. Um, but yeah, they're just, um, it was, I suppose, the most surreal kind of thing when we when we went to Brazil for the first time and there was like 500 people queuing wow. at a shopping mall. That was pretty cool. But it's just, um, yeah, the fans are everything, aren't they, really? Like, you know, what, yeah, the songs are nothing without the fans. I think I think it's, um, it's just an, a privilege to play to people, really. Yeah, mm. def- definitely. And anything we create, whatever it is, you put it out there and hope people like it. And then when people come back yeah. and do like it and they turn out to be like nice people and and you can connect with them, it's lovely. It's why we do anything creative is to try and connect to people. And then if it turns out that they feel, you know, feel it on the same sort of level or something like that, then it's a, it, it's it's the essence of being human, essentially. Definitely, definitely, yeah. And, um, yeah, no, I'm just... You'll have, you'll have to come to a gig and then you can... Uh... 
Uh, I think you'll be surprised as well what, what kind of people go to my gig. It's uh, it's it's not extremely young, if I'm honest. It's uh, very much like it's quite coupley. A lot of people get married to the songs. I suppose oh, okay. they're quite romantic. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a very like civilized night out. No bottles of piss being thrown around. Or anything like that, yeah. <laughs> you wait. We haven't been yet. Yeah, you haven't been joining yeah. Liam yet, have you? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Did you bring your stag do lot? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They sound like a great. They sound like great fun as well. You told me you got nearly pissed on. Was that part uh, of the, I, I the, the treatment? Say that. Or? I nearly didn't say that. And I, it was just the, one of the guys from my work that I was staying in the same room, room with just uh, drunk a bit too much. And I woke up in the middle of the night and he was stood at the foot of my sleeping bag, uh, pissing in the corner of the room. Um, it, didn't go, <laughs> it didn't go on me. It didn't, I don't think it yeah, did yeah. anyway. But, um, but I, it was I, near I you. It was quite near me. You could probably... Uh, there was probably a lingering smell. <sighs> To be honest, I, I mate, had, I've been there before as well. To be honest, I've been there before. What, Not me doing that. Is. I've never done that. <laughs> no, statue is basically my friend. I won't name him, but um, I'm going to forward it to him when this podcast comes out, and I'm going to shame him. <laughs> and uh, he basically, we went on a night out, and uh, my other friend, who's who actually he, he it was his flat. Um, we so me and my friend were staying in the living room. There was uh, my other friend who him and his partner were in their bedroom, obviously. And uh, they were getting married, uh, like, a month later. And she, for some reason, had her wedding dress in her... Oh, no. Or maybe it was after the wedding. I can't really remember. But for some reason, she had a wedding dress, yeah. Like, in Clingfilm. Like, in a, you know, one of those suit like things. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he had a big night out the guy I was staying with. Ended up just basically pissing all over the, the, the floor. <laughs> they, had a, they had a dog who then mopped it up. But also, he was going around the room and obviously pissed on the wedding dress and then he had to pay for the dry cleaning bill. Oh, no, no. not on the wedding dress. I don't know if it was after the wedding. I can't think why she had the wedding dress uh, kind of out. It was almost like, it was like a, a trap to see if like, he could wreck it. <laughs> but, um, He's, uh, I, I guarantee you, your mate's going to piss on my dress. He'll piss on my dress. <laughs> but and I'll I, catch I him. spoke to him the, the next morning and I was like, you do realise the dog is not only pissed... <laughs> <laughs> but you, 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 you know, it's like you've you pissed on the the wedding dress as well, man. Oh. But um, I'm I'm sorry if I brought your podcast to a new low. <laughs> well, I started it. I well, started to be it. fair, if we if we're going down this avenue, oh, no. uh, one of my best friends on his stag do was um, he um, he woke up at, um, his best man's um, in, on the sofa, and uh, his uh, he got up and his friend's wife said. Oh mate, you've shit yourself. Oh, and it, this has got you charge you taking to a new yeah, level. Basically, that's very different. Yeah, there was a massive skid mark all over the um, oh. the sofa. <laughs> all over the sofa. Oh, Maybe think... save this for the patrons. <laughs> <stuff, yeah. laughs> so, oh, uh, no. so. To be honest, James won't mind me calling him out because he. It, it, this is a com- yeah, yeah. Because uh, no, no. Because he. It, it, to be honest, whenever we go out, this this comp- this uh, story always comes up. Of course it does. Um, Why? Well, yeah. Has he got else? like a good nickname or anything since? Or? No, no, Skip. no. It's just right, it's Skip. just James. I think it's very telling as well, isn't it, with what your WhatsApp group's called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like uh, my my one's got an awful one. It's called Merchants of Banter. 
which is just it's <laughs> so between us. It's, it's in between us for the max. <laughs> the bands, yeah. banter. Yeah, it's that... just and I swear during the pandemic as well. I'm not like I'm not. Re- I'm like the least laddie person ever. So I'm like I'm seen as the I won't use the word, but um, the sensitive singer songwriter. I'll give it the PC version. There. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, it just got utter filth during the lockdown period. That merch is a banter. It's just like I don't know if you, other like merch type group was just just people just got bored. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah, people yeah. got bored. I think yeah, is that I think all boundaries went out the window. I think when, yeah. when boundaries yeah. literally the banter came went in. to a new low. But uh, merch is <laughs> a banter. Yeah, Christ. <laughs> if only we could we, we don't actually name these episodes we just name the episodes like who's coming on but if we could give them specific names this one would be called merchants of banter yeah yeah definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely oh man um it's very in between us though yeah it's a little bit yeah yeah it's all about the bants um <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's so good merchants of banter um so we normally do a, a sort of one question at the end for our patrons, although I do feel like yeah. Giles' story, as you said, probably should be included in the in the patrons. No, um, no, let's keep it public. <laughs> Poor James. Because I know James isn't a... Uh, I know he listens, but he doesn't... Um, he's not a patron. He's not so. a patron. <laughs> so we'll, we'll make Brilliant. him become a patron. <laughs> we'll, we'll cut it out if he becomes a patron. That's what we'll do. Yeah. That, that'll be it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's um, the other stories? I, I can't remember what else I was going to ask, but I have found um, now 12... And oh, um, it's got one of um, the first singles I ever bought was actually on Now 12 as well. Probably bought after by getting Now 12. And that is Can I Play With Madness by Iron Maiden. Um, I don't know that one. No, I don't think I do. But honestly, you'll love it. Uh, yeah. ga- galloping bass lines, howling vocals. What more could you ask for? Um, but what else is on there? Uh, Doctoring the TARDIS by the Time Lords. Um, <laughs> this, this sounds like you're making up bands. Glenn Medeiros, Nothing's Gonna Change My Love For You. Uh, the theme from S Express, Push It, Salt and Pepper. Um, oh, wow. so, yeah, okay. so there were some classics on there. In the Air Tonight, Phil Collins, yeah, yeah. The 88 Remix. I was about to say, so when is so, late, late 80s then? Yeah, yeah, Climby Fisher, yeah. Elton John. I don't, it wasn't Saturday Night It's All Right Fine. I got that wrong. It's, I don't want to go... On with you like that. Oh, I don't know yeah, that one. No. Yeah, and then um, lastly, this is the last one I'm going to read out: "Circles in the Sand" by Linda Carlisle. <laughs> so there you go. You sounded really depressed. Really, really classic. That one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Circles in the Sand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, beautifully wrapped up though, Charles. Oh, that is that is podcast 101. Yeah, that's lovely. Start as you mean to finish. Indeed. I never great. thought I'd end the podcast on Belinda Carlisle. <laughs> no, no, I think it's a perfect place to end. <laughs> yeah. Circles Brilliant. in the sand. Um, Tom, honestly, it's been honest and genuinely, it's been an absolute joy to Mate, talk to you. Thank, thank you, you so much, much for your time. No, today. Thanks so much, guys, for having us on. No, and, no. Um, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's a real pleasure. Didn't I say he was a legend? What a nice guy. Tom Spate uh, on the Blank Podcast. Uh, wonderful chat. So many tangents, lots of laughs, and some lovely bits about his career and advice in there. I mean, perfect package, really. What more do you want in an episode? Exactly. 
Exactly. And a big apology to James for outing him on his... <laughs> I can't believe you named him. You know, he's fine about it. <laughs> I mean... I hope he yeah. is. He's quite open and frank about these things. Do we need, do we need to invite James on for us kind of like a right of reply? Because it, it, almost feels, it almost feels libelous. Like maybe we need to... It's it not libelous. No, it's not libelous. It, no, well, no. It's, it's, it's well known yeah. throughout the town. Uh, <laughs> oh no! He, he does tell quite a lot of people about it, so I think it's. Fine. Oh, does he wear it as a sort of badge of honor? Not a badge of honor. It's, it's definitely a moment of shame, but uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he, he takes it on the chin. Oh, fair play! He's he's um, he's embracing it. Yeah. <laughs> like the sofa embraced. What happened to the sofa? Did it get chucked out? Um, Must have freshly cleaned. Surely, was, uh, I would chuck clean, it out. Yeah. I think. I don't think I would get it <laughs> again. I don't you think. Wouldn't, would I you? think his. Um, Anyway, yeah, I think his, yeah, I think his trousers didn't last. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry, Tom, we've ruined your outro there. Um, <laughs> I think actually, Tom, I quite like that. Um, great episode, top man, and um, you know, we wish him all the best as well because uh, he's a fantastic musician, but also just clearly just a lovely guy, very grounded, and I think that is to be honest, half the battle when you're in the music industry as well. So uh, yeah, wish him all the best, and we will definitely go and see him. Yes, absolutely, as well. Yeah, I can't wait to go and see him live. Yeah, definitely check out his stuff uh, wherever you listen to music, Spotify, iTunes, or yeah. actually buy a record off him. Yes. Um, yeah. Which is uh, what is the best thing. But do go and see him live. And uh, yeah, he's just just a top guy. Really, yeah, really enjoyed to, top spe- guy. spending time with him. Speaking of top people, uh, I'm going to read a patron, mm. a random patron out. Now, um, we don't have loads. So I'm slightly worried I'm going to repeat because I've done it before and I can't remember who I read out last time. So I apologize for our other patrons if I read the same person out, but I'm going to pick a name at random. Are you ready? Sorry, was that directed at me? <laughs> yeah, to you, yeah. I thought you were talking to the cu- to the listeners. I was going to say the customers then. <gasps> Don't. No, don't the listeners. The listeners. They are listeners, of course, yeah. Uh, here we go. Um, Pitse Kia. I don't think you've read that one out before. I don't think I have. No, um, they're actually our newest, our newest patrons. So welcome hey. aboard, Pitse Kia. I hope I've read that name out right. Thank you very much for joining us. Yes, thank and, you. Um, we really, really appreciate your support, as we do of all our patrons. Um, and in a future episode, I'm going to read another random patron out as well. But of course, you all get mentioned in our show notes um, because we love you. And of course, you get all the bonuses like we talked about before, including a 24-hour early episodes no adverts and the extra content as well so if you're listening now on the public feed and you're not a patron but you think well that all sounds cool please go to patreon.com p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash blank podcast and come and join the gang yes please do and if you want to get in touch with us well done i need i nearly wrapped up without talking no, about. Of course, I, we are, you, I, I can see you i like eager to get away um I'm bad but, at, i'm bad at doing the uh doing the um the contact stuff we are well, we were talking off air, weren't we, about we are, we, we are going to make more of an effort with Instagram, we've decided. Yeah. So if you're on Instagram, um, because we spend a lot of the episodes slagging off Twitter. Obviously, we love our Twitter followers, and, and we actually very luckily seem to have cultivated a really lovely... Yeah, we have, yeah. It's rare on Twitter, a really lovely, supportive following on there. So if you're one of our Twitter followers, thank you very much. And you can follow us on Twitter, at BlankPod. But also, we're going we're, we're to try and do more for our Instagram followers as well, aren't we, Giles? So, uh, and the handle there is, of course, exactly the same. It is at blank pod. Yeah, so please do come aboard on uh, on uh, Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. Although I I, I sort of I don't really go on Facebook anymore. But it's, I um, think it's there's a slightly it's for slightly older generation now, mm. which but we have course, dropped out of. 
thankfully. We have? Yeah, so it's for slightly older than our generation. Oh, right, okay. So, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I haven't felt young for a long time. That's actually quite nice. So I think we're too young and hip for Facebook now. <laughs> Learn about hip. Well, maybe we're too, too young. young. Um, that's interesting. Of course, though, we love, you know, I'm sure... We, we love Facebook as well. We love the... Well, we don't no. love Facebook. We love the, we love <laughs> no. the Facebook people. Facebook people, yeah, I was going to say. But, yeah. well, I mean, I mean, we probably have some listeners who are old as well, and we embrace them, and we love... Oh, we love old people. We love all, <laughs> we have all ages. We do. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do. We love all ages. We love all our listeners. Yeah. We are going to stop talking in a minute as well. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so... Um, but yeah, Facebook is, is also blank pod or facebook.com slash blank pod. And in fact, I'm going to go on our Facebook group in a minute and have a look and maybe post something on there because um, I have been neglecting it. Um, but yeah, follow us on whatever platform you're on. And uh, we'd love to hear from you because uh, we just like, as Tom was saying before, we're sort of nothing without your listeners and your followers, are you really? So, you know, we, we appreciate everyone that's engaged in this podcast in any way. Yes, we, 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 we do appreciate it. And that's it. Charles, that's the end of this week's episode. It's been a good one. It has been. It's been a classic. It really has been a good one. Um, but until next week, I will try not to get gastroenteritis again. If I do, two weeks in a row, that's unlucky. Yeah, stay safe. Um, I'll try my best. But have a good week, mate. And you. And um, happy 40th to Michelle. Thanks. Yeah. Hope she has a good one. Hope that was okay to put on a public feed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hope she has a great time and uh, that's it goodbye everyone have a great one see you again soon Media Podcast.